0: This will be a fun week to talk about basketball. The Minnesota Lynx have won two games in a row, both of them with fourth quarter comebacks, one in overtime, both against good teams, both at Target Center. Uh, So let's get into some pure basketball with Cheryl Reeve here on The Cheryl Reeve Show. Cheryl, uh, I know that, you know, you're a professional. You've been through plenty of ups and downs throughout your career. But, I mean, do you ride the emotional wave as much as you know, we, we perceive fans and media people too, or, or when your team is down or, or re- rebounds, do you kind of view it more clinically? I guess how much our emotions, how much does your, do your emotions change when you win a couple in a row in dramatic fashion like this?
1: Well, you know, we always say this, I, you know, I, through the years and, and talk to someone like Lindsay Whalen when, when she was playing and we talk about how hard we take the losses right? How, you know, players take the losses hard. The, the lot, the, the the lows are always lower than the highs are high. And you wish that wasn't the case, you know, but, um, that's sort of, I I guess when you have that competitive and hate to lose, you know, the, you know, the, the losses are, they just hit you harder. And so you can imagine, uh, where we were, you know, with our start, the way that it was, and, you know, being the only winless team, uh, you know, for too long, um, you know, Wins, I would say that in the fashion of uh, the game against Connecticut, knowing that, you know, they're, they're near the top of the league and um, you know, that they were playing extremely well. And just the fashion that we did it, that we were down, uh, you know, down eight with a minute and a half to go and, you know, had to hit a three uh, with a minute and eight to, to cut it to five and then just hung in there. So I think for the group, the way we did it and then, and then the, you know, probably the most impactful shot that didn't count uh, you know, that took us uh, into that overtime, you know, the the team just felt good about themselves. And I think, you know, if you call it a signature win, you know, those are things that you need in a season to kind of catapult you, catapult you to that next place. And, um, I had somebody message me and say, you know, your season so far, you've played against the opponent winning percentage is 74%. -hmm. You've yet to play a team, um, you know, that, that is under 500. And so, you know, you, I, I, of course I knew, I look at our schedule and, you know, I know that if things don't come together quickly for us, it's going to be challenging. Uh, but as we talked about that, you know, the team was not in the place that we needed them to be. And I think we're getting closer to that. Uh, but I would say that the, you know, the everything tastes a little bit better. Your food, the chicken and waffles from Hen House taste better. The, you know, the drinks taste better post game and uh, it's all that. And, and I'm always happy for our staff because they work so hard. So it's more, you know, it's a happiness, uh, but it's not like, you know, kind of over the top, uh, too high, because you know, that's that's never a good place to be. The same way, being too low is never a good place to be, but it's just, it can't be helped.
0: <laughs> and the Atlanta game, we're talking here on Saturday, and the, the Lynx play again on Sunday night at Target Center. I plan on being there again uh, for that game. Uh, the Atlanta game was, you know, a nice comeback, but the Connecticut game, you know, you're 0-4. They blitz you in the first quarter. Uh, you're down pretty much the whole game. You're still down eight. But I mean, that, that's a remarkable comeback under any circumstances.
1: Yeah, it really was. And, you know, we, we had more of the same, you know, from the Seattle game and that we weren't hard to play against. But I also think, you know, some of the challenges were, were our offense, was, was our offense. And, um, you know, you've got to put the ball in the hole. These teams are too good. You know, the days of scoring in the 70s are over. You know, if you don't hit 80, you're going to have a hard time winning. And, and so we talked to our team about that and, um, you know, offense was not something that I was really concerned with, with this team, you know, when it's all together, uh, it was always, how can we become a better defense and rebounding team? And, and now we're putting so much pressure on our defense, uh, or at least we were. And then, and then we, uh, you know, we, we didn't necessarily shoot a high percentage. Connecticut is a, you know, opponent field goal percentage against, it was about a 39. So, I mean, we, <laughs> we were happy to hit 40, uh, cause we hadn't done it. And, and last night's win we said we celebrated hitting 80 that was the first time we hit 80 uh, we're getting good shots from players that typically make you know make the shots and you know as we work through that we said so we just got to make sure that our defense is hard to play against and so we're really committing to having each other's backs um, Atlanta is extremely difficult to guard extremely extremely difficult to guard though that guard play is just unreal mm-hmm. um, you know each I feel like each opponent that we play there's just something you know terrific about that team that is such a handful and you know this league is really really good and and anytime you win it feels like a major accomplishment like you said the way that we did it against a team that we you know we had to respond to uh, being down and not letting it uh, snowball out of hand we hung in there so I appreciated that we kind of got that identity about us.
0: I want to talk about some individual players, Becky Hammond, Dan Hughes' retirement. Uh, I do want to remind you, this is part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Thank you for listening to the network. We do appreciate it. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod. See all the shows as they are released. Tons of outdoor content, tons of local sports content, the best analysts and, and personalities in minnesota uh best way to listen subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's just a convenient way to do it thanks to our, our longtime producer brandon morton and our longtime sponsors uh, successful marketing group cara quinn your local realtor and rudy luther toyota uh, let's uh, get to nafisa collier she has made quite an impact uh, prior you know and and what a what an efficient uh dominating game she had on friday night
1: yeah, and we felt like that could be the type of game for her. You know, Her first couple of games, I thought she was sort of sped up and trying to do too much. And I knew it was going to happen because I think this is a player who came back from France, you know, feeling bad about the situation and wanting to help immediately. And, um, you know, we sort of talked to her about, you know, this. it's like when you're down 20, you can't just score a basket and make up, you know, make up the you know, the deficit. And so, you know, we got to kind of chip away at it. And, you know, we got to each kind of, you know, do the things that we're good at. And so we talked to her before Friday's game about reminding her uh, what her strengths were. Now, that being said, uh, Seattle's defense uh, is is typically hard to play against. Um, And then, you know, we go against Connecticut and Dewana Bonner uh, is really hard to play against. So she had some, you know, tough games matchup wise. Um, You know, this game, I thought, you know, she used those two games to kind of get back to the the footwork type of plays that she's used to making, making some hustle plays, shooting a three when it's there. Uh, like you said, very, very efficient and getting to the foul line, uh, obviously capped off you know that game with her ability to turn the corner and get to
0: the foul line. Uh, and uh, I find Crystal Dangerfield to be a fascinating player. I mean, not only does she win the rookie of the year after being your second draft pick, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous. Yep. And she came on strong in the, in the, in the wobble last year. She, she, doesn't always produce much the first three quarters. And yet she always seems to be dynamic in the fourth.
1: Yeah. It's a dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and we've, you know, I, I think uh, Leija's presence has helped us through that. Um, you know, and, and, and you saw Crystal do it again uh, last night with 10 of our, um, you know, 10, 10 of her 16 uh, being in the, in the fourth. Um, I, you know, it's certainly not intentional on her part. You know, but I, I uh, we've got to find a way to maybe coach her better uh, so that we can bring more out of her and, and do some more number calling of, of her. Um, you know, playing her and Leija together, I think, was good for her. That was something Katie had talked to me about prior to the, that game uh, after seeing some things in practice and, you know, said, hey, would you ever consider, you know, putting those two together? And I thought that's a really interesting thought. You know, we could – because the fear would be that Crystal would be too small to play the two. Uh, but when you have Leija – uh, Leisha could guard it to, you know, Crystal can stay guarding a one. Uh, but maybe you take advantage of Crystal's scoring mindset. You know, Crystal's not a point guard. That's, uh, although her assists have improved, she's in the top five or six or was in top five or six assists. So she's improving there. Uh, but she's got a scores, scores mindset. And so I thought it was a great suggestion by Katie to, you know, help us employ something that, that might help Crystal a little bit.
0: Interesting. Um, and as you said, Laysia has been, uh, really remarkable. I saw you were saying after her first, after the first game Clarence had played for you uh, that, Hey, you can't expect that every night. And then of course, second game, you got pretty much the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it was, it was the type of game and um, you know, there was you know, the first half um, you know, kind of forced the issue wanting to, you know, run, wanting to run plays, you know, despite, you know, us saying that with Atlanta, you're not going to run plays. You're going to, break a play to make a play. And uh, I think, you know, Leia had to get comfortable with that concept because she's a, a point guard, you know, by trade that she wants to, everything to kind of be organized. And get where they're supposed to go and get the ball in certain people's hands. And, uh, but you can't with, with Atlanta. So, you know, I, I thought that, I thought that they made a, a good adjustment and just started attacking the basket. And, uh, you know, in the second half, we said, we're not running any plays. We're just four out, one in. And, and let's just see what we can do and just play more free. And unfortunately, that hurt Sill a little bit, uh, you know, because Sill was, was so dominant in, in the first half. And, uh, but we had to go away from that because it was bogging, bogging our offense down. And, you know, I don't want to hold the ball over her head looking to throw it into Sill. Their, their pressure was really, really good. And um, yeah, it was, I think for, for Lasia, Lasia likes physicality. You know, she brings the physicality defensively, which I really like. Uh, and then uh, she can, you know, punish you on, on her drives to the basket and she's got good footwork and she's got really good patience. Um, And, and I thought that they were, you know, they just were exceptional in helping us navigate uh, the ball pressure. You know, we couldn't get the ball where we wanted it to go.
0: Uh, Thank you to Rudy, Rudy Luther, Toyota, uh, now a longtime sponsor of this program. Ready for a women forward car dealership. Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard and they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. We'd also like to thank Successful Marketing Group.
1: Hey, Glory here with Successful Marketing Group. As you know, I work with local businesses, and right now, I'd love your help in supporting local Twin Cities restaurants. This month, I'd like to spotlight Day by Day Cafe. They've been a St. Paul institution since 1980. My daughter and I have been
0: going there for almost 20 years. They're family owned and loved for their scratch kitchen breakfast and magical outdoor patio with koi pond. Oh, and their new wood
1: fire pizzas are a big hit. Go to my Instagram at Successful Biz Owners for more info on them.
0: And our friend Cara Quinn, You can also find, find her at Vibe Realty, but best way to, to get see everything she's about, go to CaraQuinnRealtor.com. We've told you about her background, uh, her good works. I thought I'd also let you know that uh, there's a really cool testimonial up at her website right now. Most important of of all, Cara is a good person. She's just not in the business to sling houses as quickly as possible and make money. She really cares about getting to know her clients and she's willing to put in the time to help you find the right house and navigate the home buying process in a way that's comfortable for you. Of course, that is consistent with everything we've ever uh, heard and said about Cara. So again, you can find Cara anywhere you can find good realtors, but the, the best place to find her these days is go directly to CaraQuinnRealtor.com, buying, selling, uh, her blog, and as she says, love where you live. Uh, so Becky Hammond, rumored to be a top candidate for the Boston Celtics. Apparently Brad Stevens is very high on, on her. Uh, and this this sounds like more than just an idle rumor. Uh, do you have any thoughts or insights into all of this?
1: Well, I, I heard the same. I think Brian Scalabrini was a uh, a source of uh, something that I had heard uh, his take on it was um, one, how extremely qualified he believes that that Becky is. as Brian saying this? And uh, and then just you know he felt pretty strongly about it. I'd probably being connected with Brad in some way. I know that Brad is um, you know uh, of the of the DNA that would certainly uh, be a candidate to not see this as a risk. Um, you know, he is the type that, uh, you know, if you're if you're a good coach, you're a good coach. Um, and so he's exactly what you need in terms of uh, progressive mindset and uh, would not be surprised at all if Becky was tabbed as, as a Celtics coach. I think that um, their experience, you know, Kara Lawson uh, worked for the Celtics before taking the head job down at Duke. I know Brad thought uh, really highly of Kara as well. Um, So there are some, some really strong coaching minds that are women uh, that are knocking on the door. And and, uh, I I think um, that we're as close as ever uh, to to Becky being a head coach. And and I think it'd be really smart of Brad to do so. And, uh, and obviously would, would uh, be really excited for that to happen.
0: And would you consider it a good thing or a difficult thing if Becky became the first uh, women's NBA head coach? in a city like Boston, which is, you know, at least considered by a lot of athletes I know to be, you know, a pretty bigoted city.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's good. I think it's good for leaders like Brad uh, to lead in a community um, and, and, you know, show the world what's possible, show Boston what's possible. Uh, and, and, you know, how that thinking is so flawed. Um, and, you know, I think that, uh you know, I also think it's really important that, you know, Becky be in a, in a culture that is uh, supportive and, and not a, you know, her hire not a gimmick. Um, and so I think when you see that, when it starts from the top down, uh, again, the, the players will follow that lead. And then typically when, you know, players are using their voices and, and they're going to educate their fan base about what's happening and
0: I uh, want to update you on a couple of things at talkworth.com. I have started my own show Blocked and meet with Jim Suhan. We have had Lindsey Whalen on as a guest. This week's guest was Kevin Seifert, an uh, old friend of mine, now works at ESPN, and LaTroy Hawkins was last week. And LaTroy was remarkably open about his career and all, almost quitting baseball, all kinds of stuff. Those are the kind of conversations I'm trying to have. Uh, get away from press conference conversations, actually talk about uh, human beings. Thank you if, we, if you check that out. If you haven't, please do. We've also added LaBelle Neal the third to our baseball show along with Roy Smalley. Check that, those shows out if you can. Uh, let's get to uh, Dan Hughes and his retirement. Uh, you, you, I know at, after the game last Sunday night, you talked about uh, having a real connection with him.
1: Yeah, Dan Hughes was really important to my career um, when I had a chance to work for Dan. It was only for one season, but it ended up being sort of career lasting. Um, and we've had a chance to be around each other competing against one another for uh, a long, long time. He's been in the league um, you know, since, you know, I think it was probably 99 or 2000, he got in the league, um, or maybe even 98 as an assistant. And then 2001, um, you know, I got in the league. And so I, I was really, really thankful that early in my career, I had a chance to be around Dan, exceptional communicator, exceptional teacher, um, just an all around, you know, good guy, great family. Uh, so I just, I, I told him, I just felt so blessed to, to spend so, you know, so much of his career, either, you know, alongside him, like with USA basketball or, um, you know, competing against him because he brought out the best, uh, if you weren't ready, you know, Dan, Dan was just going to make you pay. Uh, so he, he made, I think all of us better coaches in, in, in playing against them. And, um, you know, I, I understood where he was at. I, am really, really thrilled for him that at the end of his career, he got to have a team, uh, as good as the Seattle storm and experience championships, um, because he deserved that. And, and, uh, you know that that's uh, now for him to go out on his own terms, and uh, you know the grind is real, and you know the you know we're, we're people and we have families and lives, and uh, you know you get to a place where you kind of go, you raise your hand and you say, you know it's it's probably time, you know because there's other things he wants to do, and uh, I, I have a feeling Dan will still be involved in the game. Um, you know he would be a tremendous consultant. Uh, he's just really really good player evaluations. Uh, really good in terms of, you know, schemes and watching a team play. So uh, I don't think he's done with basketball, and um, but I'm, you know, just congrats to Dan on a hell of a career.
0: And being replaced by a former Minnesota Lynx.
1: Yeah, that was really cool. Really excited for uh, Noe, uh, Noelle Quinn. Uh, I was a fan of Noelle when she was coming out of, out of college and you know, we hope to have a chance to draft her, uh, but she never made it uh, as far down as where Detroit was. But um, Noelle is somebody over the last few years that really just started to emerge. And I would ask him, hey, what do you think of Noe? And he'd say, she's really good. You know, and, and then I think Sue Bird's comments, um, you know, around just sometimes you just have it, you have instincts. Um, and so they really, really trust her. And I'm thrilled uh, in just one year, we've doubled our our count of uh, black women coaching, that uh, yeah, we have two, two of the 12. So we <laughs> doubled, doubled our count from last year. Um, and so, yeah, uh, really excited for Noel, Noel. Uh,
0: you have a couple of injury concerns, any, uh, timetable for Powers coming back and how's, uh, Dots doing?
1: Yeah. Powers is still working through, you know, the, the hamstring and, uh, working really hard with, with, with Chuck and Brandy, our, our medical staff. And I, I don't know exactly, uh, where Ariel is, um, you know, hopefully, it's not, not too much longer. But um, you know, we have to also have to make sure the next time we put her on the court that, that we're not, you know, risking these. Uh, she's she spent the last six weeks with uh, every type of strain. <laughs> that, you know, we've got to make sure we can clear this, this area where, where she can compete without, uh, you know, being in danger of those things and losing her for weeks again. So, um, and then you know, Demiris' situation with with the back spasm, She was having uh, some some minor spasms. Uh, prior to last night uh, um, you know and then kind of the week prior uh, but then just kind of got knocked in in a game in a way that 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 uh, exacerbated the situation and um, you know we hope she has a good day today and hope she starts to feel better tomorrow but she'll be questionable for for tomorrow.
0: I'm going through some back spasms myself right now I don't wish it on anybody uh, especially a professional athlete to just not know if you can trust your movements that's got to be brutal.
1: Yeah. And, you're, you know, the mindset of you got to use your core and it's hard to use your core. And, uh, you know, she she started walking, you know, a little more hunched over because you're trying to brace, mm-hmm. you know, the spasm. So, you know, how that goes. It's it's tough. I and, do. Yeah.
0: So. Uh, so I watched the game on Facebook on Friday night. Uh, I guess it's a good thing that you're on all kinds of different platforms. I, and I, you know, I'm not I don't want to put you on the spot. You're part of the league, but I will just offer this opinion whether you want to comment it or not. <laughs> I don't want to see your games on Facebook anymore. Uh, it's just, the, the, I don't want to watch it on my laptop. The production quality wasn't that great. Uh, you know, I want to be able to watch your games, just like I watch everybody else's games on the dang TV.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, how I feel about that. And I'm actually yeah. sporting my, my t-shirt today. that says put women's sports on TV. Uh, I can appreciate the the desire, you know, there's cause there's people who are consuming products, the, the product in different ways. Um, some people are, are fans of, uh, you know, being able to pick up your phone and have it on Facebook and, you know, at least be able to see it. It's better than the alternative, but I, I'm with you that, um, you know, TV is where it's at. And, and, you know, as much as we can, we can move in that direction, we need to, and, you know, appreciate Facebook and Twitter, uh, and all that. But, the, you know, for the you know, the, the greater good of the league, you know, this, this, this product, you know, by the way, I like this product is <laughs> I, the, the start of this season is, is unlike any um, that I've seen in, in my 20 plus years uh, so much. So like, it's backed up by, you know, the, we, we talked about the parody. There's no bad teams in the league. I know there's one, you know, a couple that records aren't, aren't great, but it, if you don't bring your a game, you will get beat that night. And so we talked about the parody um, and last night's game between Seattle and Dallas, Uh, Was the seventh overtime game already this season. Um, And by comparison, only four games went to OT in in 2020 and five in 2019. And six total in 2018. So the league has started it <laughs> in such an exciting fashion. Think about how many game winners there have been. We started it with our Phoenix game, uh, where Tarasi hits you know hits her game winner you know in the closing seconds of the game, and uh, you know half court shots. You know whether it's Sabrina Nescu that same night you know hits hits a shot at the buzzer. Kia Nurse hits a shot at the buzzer. Look at Joel Lloyd last night, half a second shot at the buzzer. Um, it's just just an incredible start to our season, and so to your point, uh, this needs to be able to be viewed on TV, um, you know, so that people can, you know, and every time we do that, we're going through the roof. So I'm with you, Jim. I, I have uh, it again. Thanks to Facebook and Twitter, uh, but but we want more. We want TV.
0: Yeah, and you know. I think most people, most analysts thought there were maybe five really exceptional teams in the league and and among them were you and and you know, Chicago and maybe Los Angeles, maybe Washington. And you know, we're really the top of the I mean, Seattle we know Seattle's good. Connecticut has had a, a great start, even though you beat them. We know Vegas is good. Phoenix is a bit of a surprise, but again, you know, Tarasi had to hit that shot for them to be above five hundred. Liberty, uh, you know, with Sabrina playing, they're fascinating. Atlanta, as you said, great guard play, really athletic. Uh, they're just so many. I mean, you look at the, you know, the current bottom six in the standings. And I wouldn't have been shocked, other than maybe Indiana, which is probably a kind of rebuilding. I wouldn't be shocked if any of the bottom six teams were right at the top of the league.
1: That's exactly right, and and that's why they play the games, as they say. You know, I I I always um, you know kind of cringe when you know people talk about you know uh, projections, unless it's a projection lower than what we what we think. Right. Um, you know, be, being a top four team is something that we were projected to be based on signings, but I know that uh, I felt like uh, it was sort of guarded optimism, you know, that it's just on paper. These are, these are players that we don't know how it's all going to fit together. And that's why, you know, everyone, it's the, it's the excitement of talking about free agency, but I always say trades and free agency, you have to hold off on those things until you see how it comes together. You know, Chicago being picked uh, you know to 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 be a, a championship contender. Well, you need your best players, and those are things you can't project. and Candace Parker hasn't played but uh, other than one game. Uh, and so they've got some digging out to do, and I think at the end of the day as it all balances out. Uh, maybe teams that they're at the top right now as they go through a difficult, more difficult stretch in their schedule. uh, You're going to see, you know, tiebreakers are going to become really, really important Mm -hmm. uh, because we're all going to be beating each other up and and it's just going to be, I just think it's going to be a hell of a season. And I think if there's any way uh, we we could add more, I know a lot of our games are on national TV. I know you caught one that wasn't, but there's, there's a lot that are on. I just think all these games are going to be so compelling and uh, draining and uh, you know, like you said, try to avoid the highs and the lows, uh, but it's hard, hard winning a game. And, uh, you know, that this should be available for everyone to consume. And, um, you know, I'm excited, you know, for our team to, you know, kind of experience what lies ahead and how hard it's going to be. That's the joy when you get to the end, how hard it is, um, you know, when it's easy and you don't appreciate it. Right. It's just like things in life uh, when it's hard and you have to, you know, you have to problem solve and you got to stay together through difficult times. And then when you experience success as a group, it's just incredibly rewarding. Uh, so I'm excited about what lies ahead for our team.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a blast of a season. Uh, let's get a final thought from Cheryl. Remind you uh, of our sponsors. Please patronize our sponsors. They are, keeping, they are what make our uh, network go. Rudy Luther, Toyota, Successful Marketing Group, and Cara Quinn Realtor.com. Thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. And thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. Any final thoughts, Cheryl?
1: Oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, thought out right now. <laughs> uh, my, my big, my big one was just really impressive overtime. You know, like I said, in, in the league, just how exciting it is. And, uh I'm, I'm now trying to figure out how we can take care of the ball tomorrow to, uh, to, to try to, to win a, a game for a second time against the same opponent.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll add this too. I was at your game last Sunday and it was a, for, you know, given the restrictions and the distance of the fans from the court and everything else, I thought it was a great atmosphere. It
1: really was. And, and we're getting to open it up. Uh, we're going to, we're going to now be able to double occupancy. Oh, I think wow. we're up to 4,000 we can have. So, yeah, so we're getting there. We're getting back to it. I know uh, our fans have just been terrific and uh, hopefully they've enjoyed the heck out of, out of the games. And, you know, we, we got to keep it going. And, you know, it's like Lasia Lasia messaged, you know, in a tweet that, um, you know, that wherever she's been you know, before, this, this has been the best place, you know, the, in terms of the fans and, and, and uh, you know, how knowledgeable and engaged. And uh, so it's exciting. And we're going to be able to fit even more now. So um, we've got to keep that home court advantage. You've got to win your home games.
0: Thank you, Cheryl. We'll, we'll talk to you next week.